0: You're listening to Thrive Beyond Size, Episode 105. Welcome to Thrive Beyond Size, the podcast that's all about finding health, joy, and liberation beyond weight. If you're ready to break free from diet culture and embrace a lifestyle that celebrates your body regardless of your size, you're in the right place. Here's your host, health and wellness coach, Dr. Michelle Tubman. Hello friends, welcome back to the podcast. I am really excited to share an interview with Pam Sherman. I had just so much fun talking to her. Pam has been in the health and fitness world for 26 years as a group fitness instructor, personal trainer, food coach, and more. She's passionate about helping women feel great. Her no-nonsense approach to health and wellness goes back to the basics. Her tagline is, your health is your wealth. And one of the reasons why I love Pam is we're maybe similar age, similar generation anyway. And we grew up with step workouts. Do you remember these back in the 90s? Oh, my God. I used to do them every single day. So I went to a gym. It was just for women. And I used to finish my university classes and then go right to Spa Lady and do a step workout. And it was just so much fun. I would totally get lost in it. It's like, I wonder how I would feel about doing it now now that I'm all into mindfulness and being present as, as I do everything. Because I feel like when I did step back in the day, it was more about checking out. And you know, just kind of stepping up and down and listening to the rhythm and hearing all of the feet, like go up and down the step. It was like mesmerizing for me. And, and I would just kind of check out and forget about all of my worries. And then I would feel so amazing after that workout. And so it was just funny that Pam used to be a step aerobics instructor because, you know, not long ago, eh, maybe six months ago, I bought the Lululemon Mirror, which is like a a fitness tech gadget thing that streams um, workouts live or recorded through the mirror. So I can see the workout and then I can also see myself and my form in the mirror. Really cool. But um, a couple of months ago, for the first time, they brought a step workout in, and I did it, and I just had all of those memories of doing it back in the day, and it just felt so good. So it was really exciting to bond with Pam over this, and in fact, after our interview, she sent me just a 15-minute little video of her leading a step workout, and I did it. In fact, I've done it twice now. It's just so much fun. So I really enjoyed this interview with Pam. I hope you do too. Here it is. Pam, welcome to the Thrive Beyond Size podcast. I am just so excited to have you here. And it's just sounds very strange to say that because as you and I record this interview, I have not launched Thrive Beyond Size yet. So it still feels a little weird to say it, but welcome to the brand new iteration of my podcast. I'm excited to have you as one of my first guests on season two.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And how exciting that I get to be one of the first guests. This is amazing
0: right? Well, it's just so it, it surprises me how my own personal evolution has gone over the past year or two. And, and that has just been reflected in my podcast. And so I'm excited to talk today about your journey, because you have a story to tell as well. I do. I do. It's
1: it's pretty, uh it's pretty crazy. It
0: It, it is crazy. Let's hear it. So
1: I have been into health and fitness my whole life. I grew up with Two big brothers who had to babysit me in the 70s, which meant I had to tag along and be sporty with them. And I started running at a young age. My dad was a runner before it was cool. So I started running just for fun and because it made me feel really good and did, you know, sports in middle school and high school, but was very middle of the road. I was never a, an exceptional athlete, but I just loved the way exercise made me feel. And then after college, I was lucky enough to have a roommate who was a group exercise instructor. And she noticed how much I love taking her class. And she's like, hey, Pam, there's an 18 week course on how to be an instructor. Why don't you take that class? And I was like, that sounds amazing. And at the time I was pregnant with my son, I knew I did not want to work full time once I had kids. And it was the ideal thing for me because I could have him. We would always say, go play with your friends Mm -hmm. in daycare. Well, as a baby, they don't really do that, but toddlers, yes. Well, I got to motivate women teaching step class, teaching sculpt, like doing all the stuff in the 80s and 90s that i love to do so much. And for women, their health is complicated. I find there's a lot of all or nothing. And, I, and that's a very bad mindset. To we both know that's a very bad mindset to have. But if I can come into their day for an hour and inspire them to move in a way that makes them happy, makes them feel good about themselves and sprinkle in little tidbits of nutrition, you know, while I'm teaching, that would that would be great. Mm-hmm. And I, I love doing that. I did it for 20 years until I was out for a run one day and I got hit by a car. And it happened for me, not to me, because hindsight, it, it it was a great thing that happened to, for, for me. And that really shifted my mindset and how I work with my clients. Because
0: prior to that,
1: you know, I would go to clients' houses and work out with them and they would keep their food logs for me, you know, to lose weight, all that stuff. And I walked away, literally walked away from the accident, just missing teeth. And I came out of that thinking, your health is your greatest wealth. We have to stop this, hating our bodies, hating ourselves. Mm-hmm. How do you want to feel when you're 80? And none of us really want to think that far ahead. But my mindset mindset shifted to, we have to start taking care of ourselves now. We have to start loving ourselves to health and not mm-hmm. hating ourselves to get skinny. Because skinny doesn't do anything. But your health is with you for the rest of your life. So right. that's really how um my my journey happened and changed and put me into a different direction.
0: Isn't it unfortunate that we have to experience something as awful as being hit by a car when you're out for a run to realize how important our lives really are to us and how important our health is. And you you said something I totally off topic here but you talked about teaching step workouts. And I used to love those when I was younger. They're coming back. I'm subbing they're a class tomorrow. I'm, I'm
1: I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm subbing a class tomorrow. I took one two weeks ago and, and just had a smile on my face the whole time. And I used to be a teacher at this club. I'm not anymore. I'm like, can yeah. I sub? Can I sub? And I just, it, yes, it, they're coming
0: back and it's so fun. Right, it, it's I just have so many happy memories. I remember doing a fundraiser, like we had a stepathon at the local gym. And I just went for hours, so I love it. So I'm I'm just so happy it's coming back again. So just I, you know, younger listeners may not relate to this, but kind of like in for for me, it was the the early '90s when I was you know all into step, and so. It's it's seeing this come back again is just, just makes me quite happy. So it's uh, I had a special group of people that I used to teach step with, and there
1: was not that many eight or t- eight or ten. But Monday, Wednesday, they would just, they would just dominate in that class, and we would all just leave with a big smile on our face because it was so satisfying when you got to the finale, and you're, you know, it's it right. Great.
0: There's there's something about it, and it just emphasizes the point of how important it is to find something that you love in terms of of movement and exercise, and I think that's part of loving yourself as well is not feeling like you have to. Do this, but doing it because you love it. And that certainly was the case for for step with me. so i'm I'm so glad I get to do that um, again now. Um, in in my 40s, almost 50s, hey? Um, the other thing that that struck me is um, a client of mine said something rather profound to me a couple of months ago. she She talked about how sometimes we don't notice some of the changes that are happening in our body when we're not taking care of ourselves until it's too late and or or until you have pain or you have some medical problems and then you're you're fixing a problem rather than preventing. And she was talking about noticing little changes, like having a little bit of, you know, pain in her hip every once in a while. And she was talking about how easy it would be to just ignore this until, you know, it's 10 years from now. And that hip pain is preventing her from doing the things that she loves. And so what can she do now to prevent her from becoming that version of herself down the line? And that's not a question we ask ourselves. Very often, but that's exactly what happened with you with this car accident is is like do you want to spend the next amazing decades of your life facing diabetes or pain or you know other things or do you want to love yourself right now so that you have the best now and also the best future of yourself possible?
1: Yeah, and I think it's I mean i'm fifty six and I certainly didn't think about this when I was forty six or even 36, but the older I get, the more I think every minute you spend on yourself now is like putting a coin in your long-term health piggy bank. And -hmm. when you don't take care of yourself now, you are going to feel like shit later on. Mm -hmm. 70, 80. I mean, if we're lucky enough to age, how you feel when you're 80 is a direct reflection of what you do now. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so think when I was 20, I didn't want to think about being 56. I feel great. I don't have any pain. I wake up, I get out of bed, I can work out every day, I can walk my dog. But it's because I've been taking care of myself for years. Mm -hmm. And if that sounds overwhelming for somebody who does nothing, you just can start with walking. That's a great place to start. It doesn't have to be everything all at once. My clients that have failed, many of my clients have failed because they want to give up wine, do an hour of cardio a day, do an hour of yoga. Not eat any carbs. they They pile things on, and that leads to doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Starting with baby steps will always lead to success. And as a reminder, you could put a picture up of your mom, your grandma, your aunt, like, how do you want to feel when you're their age? yeah, you have con- you have control over that right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Or I do the opposite because I I had an aunt who did not take care of herself and had a horrible experience in her older years. And I, mm-hmm. I look at her and I'm like, I don't want that. Versus my husband and I are big hikers. And I kid you not, every time we're scaling up a mountain, we get like lapped by a group of little old ladies. I don't know what it is about elderly women in hiking, but they just pfft, straight up those mountain like it's nothing and that is what I want to be when I'm that age is is you know passing younger people on the mountain with a big smile on my face and I can't get there if I don't engage in those sorts sorts of behaviors right now
1: I don't think I've ever been hiking whether it's here or we were in Italy last summer without seeing people at least two decades older than me just crushing me
0: like right oh yes what, what is it so, Last summer, or maybe the summer before, um, my husband and I were in a hike uh, in the Rocky Mountains, and we came across this elderly gentleman hiking all on his own. And I'm worried, right? I'm an emergency physician. I see the effects, and I'm worried, but he's looking strong and confident, and he stopped us to ask to look at our map because he was just out for a walk off the trails, and I'm like, oh, good God. Um, but anyway, we we, we share a map, we have a conversation and I asked him like, how are you able to walk like this, you know, right now? And he's, he gave a story of um, his wife had passed many years ago and he said, I had to decide if I was going to you know, stay at home and feel sorry for myself or if I was going to enjoy the years that I had left. And he said, the mountains have always brought me peace. And so I have been walking every single day in these mountains since since she died. And that's the key. Don't ever stop moving, he said. Don't ever stop moving. And I always hear that in my mind when I'm tempted to, you know, be lazy or choose the couch over a walk is just don't ever stop moving. So I think how vibrant that man looked.
1: It It really is amazing. My father-in-law died of obesity. And I remember two weeks before he died, he and my mother-in-law went to but Festival. And she was telling me it was great. He got one of those motorized carts. Isn't that great? And I said, no, that that's not great. He should be walking. Mm-hmm. In the 70s and 80s, people don't understand there was no motorized carts. Everybody walked. There was none mm-hmm. of this in the grocery store. We, our bodies are meant to move. So yeah, choosing to move every day is so important to your lifelong health.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, you said earlier that You have clients who want to do it all at once. They want to stop the wine and cut the carbs and do an hour of cardio and do the yoga and do all of the things. And they think about all the places where they would want some improvement and get overwhelmed by how enormous that that feels and just the importance of picking something that's going to make you feel really good. And I like to ask people, it's like, what makes a huge difference to you? Like, is is it sleep? Do you notice that you feel so much better if you get a good night's sleep? Is it is it exercise? Do you feel better if you just go out for a little walk? Like pick something, forget what the papers say about what's healthy for you. Like forget even what your doctor says, like pick the thing that you know makes you feel better and start with that. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It's can you make just a small improvement? Can you go out for a five minute walk if that's what's going to make you feel better? Can you get 10 minutes extra sleep and just just start there? It doesn't have to be a huge life makeover overnight. No, and
1: I think sleep is number one for everybody, especially I'm in full on menopause. As you get older, sleep is definitely more tenuous. That sleep <laughs> is my number one for, for everyone. And it's it's crazy because we have Netflix and Hulu, but I often tell my clients to set your alarm to go to bed because mm-hmm. you can get so caught up in a show before you know it. It could be 11 o'clock or midnight, although I haven't seen those hours in years. Uh, getting good sleep affects the rest of your day. When mm-hmm. you, you know, this as a doctor, when you don't sleep, your brain craves sugar. Yes,
0: you're not gonna does. Move your
1: body. Yeah, you're not going <laughs> to want to move your body. You're not going to want to take the time to make healthy meals. So. If you need to start with something, have a list. Sleep is number one on that mm-hmm. list. Every and it's different for everybody. The six to eight hours. I my happy spot is seven and a half, seven twenty. Mm-hmm. Less than six, I can I can survive. Less than five, I can't. Like we yeah. all have our numbers that work. So figure out what works for you. I rarely get eight, but seven and a half. I'm I'm a happy gal the whole day.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so interesting that you bring up menopause. So this has been a fantastic tool to help me practice exactly what we're talking about. So it's just been within the last three months, like this year, really, um, that I have been starting with my perimenopausal symptoms, the hot flashes, the night sweats, my periods are freaking insane. And sleep is something that has always come easily to me. And so this is the first time in my life that I've really, um, well, outside of medical training, where you I mean that period of time is just no sleep at all. But Regular life, like it's the, the the sleep issues have really been. Um, troublesome for me. And I noticed the difference. And I have gone into like research beast mode to help with my sleep. So I have an appointment with my family doctor to talk about whether I should start um, HRT. I've um, Someone told me that wearing um, socks and mitts to bed can help. And there's a great medical explanation. I won't go into it today, but it makes sense. And it works. And I've got a, a cooling pad that I've ordered off of Amazon that will hopefully be coming soon. So I've done lots of things to help encourage my sleep. And I watched my mom and sorry, mom, if you will, if you listen to this, but you know, she just complained through most of her <laughs> menopause and didn't follow her doctor's instructions. And that's not the way that I want to do it. I know sleep is important to me. So I'm doing everything I can to get the sleep that I need. The other thing that I've noticed is movement actually makes me feel better. Um, It gives me more energy and it helps with some of the mood stuff that's going on. And I find, because I've I've been having super heavy periods with this, that heavier exercise feels a little much for me. Um, But like a good, brisk, like fast walk does wonders. So I've been prioritizing getting that walk in every single day, even if it means like saying, no, like Rob, we're just, that's my husband. We're just having a quick salad for dinner and not, spending any more time because I, you know, I need to do this block. And those two things have really made a difference for me. But I swear before I discovered coaching the old me a few years ago, I would have been, uh, I'm tired. I'm sitting on the couch and feeling sorry for myself. I know it. And it's just as easy as making that decision to do it a different way. And that's so interesting because I find many women, uh,
1: they struggle with consistency Yes. One thing happens and like, forget it on the couch. Well, making yourself do it day after day leads to motivation Mm -hmm. because so many women say, I'm not motivated. Just go out and do it. Go out and do it. Go out and do it. By the third, fourth, fifth day, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so motivated because I know I'm going to feel better at the end. Everybody feels better after they move their bodies. It just is the way it works. So good for you
0: for doing that right? Thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> right. But I think it goes back to something you said at the beginning is that a lot of women who struggle with prioritizing their health do engage in that all or nothing thinking so that, you know, if you can't do it perfect every day, then I'm not going to do it all. You know, and I think all of us, no matter how much we value our health have days where it just doesn't get done. And that's okay. But you don't, you don't use that as an excuse to not go for your walk tomorrow, you get up and you go for your walk tomorrow. And so I, you know, I, I'll often say, like, aim for 80%, aim for 90%, don't aim for 100%, because, you know, you're going to get sick, something's going to happen, your kids are going to need you, you're going to have a day where you miss whatever habit you plan for yourself. And that's totally fine. You just go back, back to it the next day. Yeah, And and women are experts at taking care
1: of everybody else except for themselves. And I I like to say, it's like the oxygen mask on the airplane. It's not selfish to take care of yourself. It's actually self-love. And when you take the time to take care of yourself, I'm not talking three hours a day, but Mm -hmm. a brisk walk, that's great. Mm -hmm. Um, And I even have a 10-minute playlist on my YouTube channel because 10 minutes is enough when you are crunched for time. Taking care of yourself sets the
0: tone for the rest of your day. Yes, it, it's so true, and I really think that self care, in its you know um, most basic form, is a mindset, right? It's not it's not a specific action. It's not a bath bomb or a pedicure. Like it's the mindset of checking in with what you really need and allowing yourself to acknowledge that a little bit every day. I think, I think at its base, that's what self-care really is. It's mindset is everything when it comes to your health.
1: If you think you can, you will. If you think you can't, like it's too overwhelming. You never will. Mm -hmm. And you just get stuck on the, I can't, I can't, I can't. When you actually can do anything you put your mind to. We're, we're strong. We're strong women. Everyone listening is a strong woman. You could do anything you put your mind to.
0: Yes. You just have to make that decision. And be aware of that all or nothing perfectionistic thinking that creeps in and and keeps you stuck. And I think giving yourself permission to just take those small steps is key. Just give yourself permission to take a small step.
1: It's very hard in our Insta society Mm because we get instant results except for in our health. That's never going to be an overnight success story. There is no fast, quick for the rest of your life, fix, mm-hmm. and it is it is frustrating because you want to see. I want to lose five pounds tomorrow,
0: but yeah right, but
1: yeah, losing whatever whatever time you put
0: into your health is hundred percent worth it. It's just never going to be like that. I, I I agree, but the other thing that I think is that whatever effort we put into our health, that gives back a hundred times fold, right? Like it's it's not. Ah, uh, you get what you you get out, what you put in. It's you get way more out from even just a little bit of time spent on yourself and your health. Like think about how good you feel if you get just one night good sleep, amazing, amazing, right? So imagine if you're most nights you're getting good sleep, right? it's it's so you might not you might not see, your reversal in your diabetes or you might not see your weight change you know for for example after a week of good sleep but over time you're going to feel so much better that it's going to become so much easier for you to make the choices that you need to make for yourself that you find it just happens and that's what's so magical I think about taking the time to take care of yourself is the more that you focus on your health and what you need the the easier it is to make those decisions and these things just pile up to produce this amazing feeling at the end of the day. And that's that's what I love about focusing on health is is that it's you literally put 10 minutes in your day and you get so much out. Even if you don't see it right away, it comes and it comes quickly. Well and it's really the only thing we
1: have control over. We can't control our
0: spouses or our kids or our pets or our jobs.
1: But our health is actually the only thing we can control. And I've had many conversations with, I just had one with my son the other day. He's looking for a job and he's really frustrated. I'm like, look, (laughs) controlling your health is is what you can do every day. Mm -hmm. You can't, I don't know if you're gonna get an interview or I mean, hopefully you do and get a job soon, but you control what you eat and you control how you move and how you sleep every day, period. I mean, I think a lot of us, I know when I'm busier, I get more stuff done. But when you make your health a priority every day,
0: Mm-hmm. you reap you reap the rewards absolutely and again it comes down to that choice and and I love talking about what's actually within your control because that is such a powerful thing to hold on to and now that we're on the other side of the pandemic you know you look back they they did a lot of studies on you know, Everyone talks about the, you know, the COVID-20, right? Or like the the weight gain that people experienced. And there are also people who absolutely thrived during the pandemic. I'm one of them. I started a freaking business and a podcast and everything else. And I look back at those years as some of the best of my life. And when you, um, the researchers, when they compared, you know, these two groups of people, the only difference they found was that people who gained weight or became less healthy over the pandemic were focusing on all the things that were not in their control, like the restrictions and the lockdowns and all of those things that made all of us miserable versus, you know, people who thrived, used it as an opportunity to focus on the things that they could control and make the best out of it. And like, I think that's just such a brilliant example of how you can just choose, right? Because there even might be some things with your health that are out of your control, right? If you, you know, if you did have an injury more than your teeth with that car accident, right? I mean, that would be out of your control, but it would absolutely be within your control to say, well, given given these circumstances that I can't change, what can I do? Like, what can I do to feel amazing and, and take care of myself? And just that simple shift in what you're focusing on, I think, has tremendous power as well. The mindset of focusing on what you
1: can do as opposed to what you can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it was maybe... I had to spend the night in the hospital for one night. I was Sunday or Saturday night. I came home Sunday. By Tuesday, I was in my backyard. I have a little gym in my backyard, kind of moving around. And my husband's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm figuring out what I can do. Some things didn't feel good. And I just wanted to know. And I, in fact, I have two clients right now. One has to have uh, surgery on her knee. The other one just had a shoulder injury. And they're both focusing on what they can't do. I'm like, lower body gal, you can get a rock and core and upper body upper body gal you can get a rock and core and lower body like you there's still things you can do so let's focus on the can and not the cannot
0: absolutely
1: why put energy into the stuff that you can't do that's just as a waste of your of your time really
0: mm-hmm. agreed agreed completely um now pam you mentioned being active has been part of your life right from day one but has there ever been a time where you struggled with your fitness or with focusing on your health or mm-hmm. has it's always been easy for you
1: I grew up in a very emotionally abusive household. Mm. And so running literally saved my life. Both my brothers turned to alcohol um, to cope with our upbringing and I turned to running. And it just, I always, it was always my safety net. It was always my rock. It was always there when nobody else was there for me. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's a coping mechanism in my life. Right. And it's interesting as uh, my personal life has gotten much happier and less stressful I don't run as much. I still love to run, but I was running away from the stress. And I'm like, oh, I like to run, but I don't have to run a marathon or 10 miles. I just like to run because I like being outside. Right. So I I do different things now, but it's I'm one of those rare people that I, Michelle, was born with motivation dripping out of my pores and exercise makes me happy. And I really think my brain works better when I move my body. Most days of the week, it's very hard for me to take a day off because I just right. feel better when I move my body.
0: Yeah, I wish I could be that way. <laughs> I talk about it a lot on this podcast, but I was a child who I, I I grew up in a happy, safe childhood. But my happy place was, you know, I used to like put a blanket over the picnic table in the backyard and crawl underneath and read a book. That that <laughs> that is what I loved to do. And it shocked my family to no end when I was in grade three and announced that I wanted to play soccer. And so I I played soccer on a team from grade three all the way through to the end of university and beyond, right? Soccer soccer was my thing. But it was never, I was absolutely the worst player on every team. Like, <laughs> no doubt about it. If not the worst, then the second worst. And uh, I, I didn't care. Um, but for me, I think it was the social the social aspect and that even yeah. uh, even though i was a you know introverted Girl and loved being on my own. Part of me just needed some time with other people and sport was great because I didn't have to sit and talk to people, right? We were playing and it felt good to be, you know, part of part of that team. And I'm forever grateful that I had that desire because that's what gave me reason to exercise and move. Like I would still try to get out of gym class every day, but soccer was. (laughs) <laughs> was the one thing that, that kept me going. And I like telling this story because now when I talk to, you know, other women who are my age and don't have a history of being active, you know, through their younger years and are, are intimidated about moving into exercise now, it's like, what else do you love? Because like, for me, I like working out in a room full of people. I like taking classes, right? that the social aspect for me is something that i enjoy and so i tell myself that i'm going i'm going to the class to have this, you know, social experience. And then the, the movement, the exercise is a side effect, right? And if, so find what you love. If it is like you love being outside, then maybe walking or taking a learn to run class would be an excellent thing for you. Or even just go playing in the park. I was, who was I? I was interviewing somebody recently who said that she had a friend who used to take an ax and would hike through the woods and chop up a like a fallen tree, and then carry out the logs. And that was their exercise. It was just something that worked, you know, for them. So like just finding whatever creative thing is going to fill other needs for you. And that's what makes, you know, the movement more enjoyable. Well, and let me tell
1: you, as a group exercise instructor of 20 years, exactly what you said is true. Yeah, that little class becomes a family You become accountable to each other. They know when you're not there, you're catching up on your kids' lives and your lives. And it's just, it's a little family. And it really, there's something about that little community that makes you keep coming back. So it's the teacher, it's the people in class. I mean, I have had definitely amazing, I mean, so many amazing women that I've taught over the years, but there's something special about taking a class with other women. So I'd say, go to your local gym, YMCA, wherever it is, Usually they have a free week pass or two week pass. You could try a bunch of different classes. But in my experience, every gym I've ever been at, they're mostly when they're very welcoming to anybody new. So it's not a scary experience. They want you to be there and you get to, um, you're not judged. You know, there's a lot of like fear of judgment. You're not judged. Everybody's there to to do the same
0: thing, to have a workout and get those endorphins going and feel good. Absolutely. And I feel like it's the opposite of judged. In, in my experience anyway. And one thing that I, I always loved is sometimes when I work out alone, I will not push myself as far as I can, right? In, in, in classes, there's something motivating about looking around and everybody's working hard and sweating. And I, I feel like you feel the endorphins off of each other and you just want to work just a little bit harder to be a part of that. Right. And it was never a I need to be the fastest or, you know, do this the best or whatever, lift the heaviest in this class that 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 wasn't it. It was just you can feel the energy in the room and being a part of that was always very motivating for me. So I would always leave classes feeling fantastic. I
1: just flashing back to a class I taught, 5 a.m. class. I was, I did not do the class. I was the coach for the class, but mm-hmm. those women cheered each other on every single morning. And there's something so empowering about starting your day, mm-hmm. getting in a great workout while your, your coworkers, not your coworkers, your, you know, classmates are just there for you, lifting you up. I mean, that just sets your intention for the day of like, oh, it's going to be
0: a great day. Yeah. Um, right. And yeah. Oh. I've done running classes a few times over the the years as well, and I found that was the same because we'd go out for a run and lots of opportunity for talking when you're running and getting to know each other and, you know, supporting each other up the hills. And then we'd always go for coffee afterwards. Right. And so it was just like one of my favorite evenings was run club night for the social aspect, and then again, you know, I just got, I just got all this, this amazing benefit from it. So, I think the point that we're trying to, that I'm trying to make here, anyway, is when you're looking towards bringing movement into your life, make it fun, right? Just find, find what makes you feel good, and and focus on that. It doesn't have to be the right thing or the perfect thing. And please don't feel like you have to be in shape to start. Mm. Well, of course not.
1: Yeah, but there's a lot of women who think I can't go work out because I'm not in shape yet I need to get in shape first if you have a good teacher they will show you all different levels to work out at and you just stick to your level and don't try to kill yourself in the first class and you'll get there
0: yes I oh I learned that one the hard way too <laughs> multiple times and and also just respect what your body is trying to tell you right because yeah. i'm i'm approaching 50 and just recently like within the last um, year i started going to f45 class oh, yeah yeah and the first time i went i like t- picked up weights that were way too heavy um oh, and oh, it was oh. like my back was sore for weeks after that and i'm like okay just respect where you're at it's you know because 20 years ago, I used to deadlift 350 pounds. I was, I was strong. And so I sometimes feel like that this body should be able to do that too. And I forget. So, um, I learned that the hard way and I'm always just paying attention. It's like, To like, there's a balance between pushing beyond discomfort in a healthy way and actually hurting yourself. So, um, sometimes I have to put my mind in check and say, you know what, just honor where your body's at, and you can build back up there. And incidentally, it does not take long to see improvements in your fitness when you do it regularly. It does not take long at all. So when Rob and I start hiking season, as we're starting like right around now, the first couple of hikes feel like crap. They're hard. They hurt. It feels like we're so out of shape because it's a different way of moving my body. By the end of the summer, we're doing those same hikes like like they were nothing. And that's just over the course of a couple months. So um, that that consistency piece is key. If you do commit to doing just a little bit every day or a few times a week, you see the improvements quicker than you think you will.
1: Yeah. And I would say to back you up is uh, check your ego at the door when you walk into a class mm-hmm. and and meet yourself where you're at. I will never Mm -hmm. forget. I had a sculpt class I taught for many years and my women were fit. I was a hard instructor and they were fit. (laughs) There was a dad that walked in. I knew him from elementary school. He looked around like a bunch of housewives. He turned white because he was trying to keep up with everybody and he was not fit. He actually had to walk out in the hallway and sit down. (laughs) So he did not pass out so that's it, like he's like oh, I can do this oh no we've worked really really hard and he had not been working out so he can't come and keep up so wherever you are be okay with where you are and like Michelle said you will get fit as you go mm-hmm. give yourself the time to do that
0: yes and I'll say over the course of my lifetime I have been in classes where I have been very fit I've been in classes where I have been not absolutely not fit i've been in classes where i have been for sure the biggest woman in the class i have been in classes where i haven't been all of it and never did i feel out of place or judged or like i shouldn't be there at all ever and and i think a lot of women um have those fears that um, they're not going to be able to keep up or they're going to be the biggest one in the room and they're embarrassed about that and nobody notices nobody notices.
1: Nobody's looking at you besides you. No, you're working too hard to look at anybody else.
0: (laughs) Right? Yeah. Right. All right. Um, Do you still teach group classes, Pam?
1: You know what? I do not. I got out of it after my accident. I shouldn't say that. I, I have a elliptical in my backyard that is a lateral elliptical. I I teach that from my backyard, but I don't physically go into the gym. After I um, got hit, I had to get out of teaching. And then my husband and I were almost empty nesters. We like to do a lot of traveling, and I didn't always want to be getting subs. So I moved into more of um, food coaching and supporting Mm -hmm. women on their health journey more than being. But I get to go tomorrow to teach step, which yeah, good for you, <laughs>
0: <laughs> listeners. I wish you could see the smile wow. on Cam's face right now. I I get it. I um I have Lululemon's mirror. I don't know if you if you heard oh. about this, but yeah, 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 Um, I I love the, the the fitness tech, but not so long ago they introduced step workouts to the mirror. So it's like I can do them in my basement whenever I want, and it is just. Made me so happy. Oh, that's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. <sighs> so I get it. It's just,
1: it was one of those things. And for people that don't take classes, it's probably hard to even understand what we're talking about. But when I was teaching a lot of step, um, my dad actually had moved out by me. He was struggling with Alzheimer's. It was a very stressful time in my life. And when you have to put all your focus into memorizing these combinations and then actually making that work in class like it gave me a break from thinking about the craziness that my life was yeah, and yeah. to focus on just you can't focus on anything else while you're queuing a step class all you can do is cue that step class the rest of the day was a little bit crazy but yeah. for that one hour it was it was my lifeline and my yeah. students were amazing so it was it was a really special time
0: I get it I think it's the rhythm for me right because you just get in this rhythm when you're stepping up, up and down off the step and, and doing, doing different things. And I just get lost in the rhythm. I think, I think that's why I like it so much. Yeah.
1: Well, and I, we, I can make the listeners laugh, even though I am fit, I've been working out my whole life. I have not done step in a long time. I was out of town with my husband last week and he had to do a bunch of work calls. So we were out of town. I got it. We got a day pass for the gym. I dropped him back off and went back to the gym and was in the group room practicing. I practiced for an hour. I gave myself an overuse injury in my right hip because I started on my right foot more than my left. I was like, it better be better by tomorrow because I got to set class tomorrow. Like
0: oh, 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 I wish you all the luck with that class tomorrow. I'm I'm sure it's gonna be fun. But Michelle, I was having so much fun I couldn't stop. Like, yeah, I just oh. Hey man, I did that stepathon for hours. <laughs> I couldn't stop either, so I get it completely. <laughs> All right, Pam. If women would like to yes. work with 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 you on their health and their fitness, where can they find you? My website is uh, theperfectbalance.guru.
1: I am on Instagram and TikTok at pam um, lowercase pam underscore sherman one. You can direct message me on Instagram. I'm on that every day. You can't message me on TikTok because it doesn't work unless I follow you as well. I want to inspire, support, and motivate women on their health journey because I think in our society, there's so much information. There's too much information. Mm -hmm. And I want to keep it simple and support women and say, look, love yourself to health. Don't try all the crazy, fad, whatever's out there. Please do not take the Ozempic unless mm-hmm. there is a medical reason to take that. We didn't even touch into that, but that's probably your last podcast.
0: Oh you know, I, I, I'm I going to do a whole episode on on that. I have so many thoughts and feelings, but yeah, agreed. Um,
1: if my, my tagline for food, if you're wondering like, what do I eat? If your grandmother wouldn't recognize it, don't eat it. that's
0: good advice i like that except
1: for i think women it's very hard to get enough protein and we lose muscle after the age of 40 so we really Mm -hmm. need more protein than we want to eat every woman probably could get a protein shake at least like one and a half servings a day to bump up their protein but besides that stick with real food Mm -hmm. move your body in a way that makes you happy right get enough sleep and we're going back to the basics here so i want to support women because i think it is all of our rights to feel good in our body. You deserve to feel good in your body, but you have to put the time into it. It's, mm-hmm. it's not, there's no like magic fix. It's the daily dedication to yourself and your
0: health. And the key in there is that you deserve it. Everyone deserves it. We all deserve to be healthy. But we, we also don't. have to take responsibility. That is a hard thing for people to hear.
1: You are responsible for your health. And our society, Michelle, is not set up to be
0: healthy. It No, it, it absolutely is not. And as a physician, I can attest to the fact that, yes, there are absolutely people who want to be a partner in their own health. But there's many, many who just expect me to give them a pill to make it all better or or something, and th- this is where the Ozempic problem comes in, right? For sure. But you you do have to take responsibility to control the things that you can control. For and sure. You can
1: you control your sleep. You control. Mm-hmm. I, and this is what oh, this is. What I like to say you control what you put in the pie hole every
0: single day. Oh, you do. You do. No, nobody yeah. does that but you. <laughs> it's. <laughs> It's true. And I acknowledge that it it can be complicated if you're using food, you know, the same way that you were using running, you know, when you were younger, for instance. So, so there, you know, it's not necessarily easy, but it's still within your control. Yeah,
1: it's not easy. And what I, what I think we've gotten so far away of from is feeling our feelings, it is okay to, to be sad and to cry and to be bored and to be frustrated and to be angry, but eating does not make any of those feelings different because you still nope. have those feelings when you're done eating. That is true. So yeah. learning to cope with your life, whether you journal, whether you meditate, whether you call a friend, whether you get fuzz therapy with your pets, like figuring out how to deal with your emotions mm-hmm. is going to be one of the keys to your long-term success. Mm -hmm. Because I've I've binged plenty of times. I've overeaten plenty of times. I've I've struggled with my weight myself. Mm -hmm. Every single time afterwards, you're like, I feel
0: worse. I don't feel better. I feel worse. Mm -hmm. Because the feelings Mm -hmm. are just, they're there, but they're just shoved down a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing that I am always harping on is that for many of us, the solution to emotional eating is that self-care piece, right? It is just taking the time to give yourself what you actually need during the day. And for most of us, that is some form of connection, that's some form of movement, that's sleep, that's some form of nutrition that makes us feel good, right? So if we're focusing on those things, it becomes so much easier to manage all of those uncomfortable emotions that are always going to pop up in our life. I think, I think sometimes people think that if they can just somehow manipulate their life so that they never feel bad, all of their problems are going to be solved. But that's just not how life or or the world works. And accept the fact that car crashes are going to happen, right? They and you have to focus on the things that you can when you can and trust that you'll have what you need to get through all of that stuff that life throws at you
1: and just recently i've learned that i spent many years shoving my feelings down but guess what unless you deal
0: with them they're still there they're going to come out eventually <laughs> right they they absolutely are they will find a way um they'll they'll get more 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 bothersome until you deal with them so um taking the time yeah, and it all starts with making that decision to prioritize yourself for just a little bit of time every day,
1: and putting yourself on the calendar. And I would suggest yes. everybody do it in the morning because our days get away from us. And as you get older, nobody my age wants to work out at five o'clock at night, six o'clock yeah. at night. We're we've been up since five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, so yeah. So making a little bit happen. And oh, and my YouTube channel is the or Pam Sherman, the perfect balance. I have a stretching playlist. I literally have a 10 minute playlist with over 50 videos because I want women to move their bodies for a little bit every day. And a lot of those workouts are body weight workouts, yeah. which obviously, Michelle, I like to talk. I do not stop talking when I'm teaching talk the entire time. <laughs> I make it worth your while, That I'd say start with a little bit of something in the morning every
0: day and see how the rest of your day unfolds. Brilliant. And it sounds like this would be an excellent place for women to go if... They're just getting into moving their body. Um, 50 plus videos, playlists, sounds amazing. I'm going to check it out. And because of this conversation, I think I'm going to go downstairs with my Lulu mirror and do a step workout. I I don't think I'm going to be able to help myself. Yeah. Um, I can
1: send you one. I have on my Google Drive if you want, Michelle. Do you? It's like 12 minutes long.
0: Can I send it to you? Yes, please do. Yes, please, please do. Yes, I love it. (laughs) I had no idea we'd end up bonding overstep today, but I'm so glad we did. A new friend overstep. I love it. I love it. All right, Pam. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'll make sure the links to uh, your website, your social, your YouTube is all on the show notes as well.
1: Thank you so much. This has been a delightful conversation.
0: Absolutely. Thank you.